0: Welcome to episode 11 of ShimmyCast. I'm your host Anala Rabari, and I'm going to start off by saying I'm sorry the podcast is a couple of days late this week, guys. It has been a hectic week for me uh, at work and personally, and I wrote the entire show by myself this week, which takes some time. And all of those are just terrible excuses. And I shouldn't be saying all that to you guys because you guys depend on me. You have come to love me and you have come to expect shimmy cast in a timely manner every week. And I let you down and I'm sorry. And all I can say is I will try dang hard to make sure I don't do it again. So I hope you all forgive me and I hope the show will more than make up for it because we have an awesome show this week. This episode has kind of turned into a theme episode, and like most good things, it revolves around food. This week's article is How to Host a Hofla, which you have to have food at a Hofla. And to help you with that, we have a review of a Greek cookbook, so you can get those recipes going. And of course, we have our usual fare of answers to the question of the week, which is also about food. And our news recap, which I don't... That, that's probably the only segment that is perhaps not about food. Well, that and the music. And the music this week is from the Headroom Project and the group Kitka. But first, answers to the questions of the week. To remind all of you, the question was, um, are there any good like Greek Mediterranean restaurants in your area, and do any of them have belly dancing performers? And the whole idea was it's the summer, perhaps some of us are traveling, and we want to know where to go to eat and where to go to see dancers, preferably at the same time. But if not, we'll get over it. So, Jenny from Rome City, Indiana says, In my hometown, we don't have any ethnic restaurants. Unless you can't hillbilly as an ethnicity. But in Fort Wayne, we have lots of different restaurants. The Taj Mahal serves interesting and good Indian food. Cosmos serves Greek food. I haven't eaten at Cosmos myself yet, but I hear it's really good. Neither place has belly dancing, although I think that would be a very popular attraction. Still loving the podcast, Jenny. P.S. Thanks for the podcast on tipping. I enjoyed hearing your comments and the comments of others and your hubby's point of view, too. Thank you, Jenny. Um... Several of y'all emailed in and said you really enjoyed hearing Ryan's views about that and enjoyed the male perspective and the perspective of a belly dancer's husband. And um, I really appreciate that because a part of me was a little nervous about how you guys would feel me bringing my husband on the show. And it's like, oh, my gosh, she's bringing her husband talk and everything. And he wants to hear him. But then I thought, well, who really wants to hear me? (laughs) Who am I to you guys? (laughs) And y'all are listening to me, so I figured if you liked me, you'd probably like him. And I think he had some really good points, too. But back to the answers. Arabella from Vermont says, I've lived in Vermont for egads 20 years and haven't ever been aware of a Middle Eastern or Mediterranean restaurant that features Middle Eastern dancers anywhere. Sad. Sigh. There are other good things about living here, though. Arabella. And I'm just guessing, Arabella, you're probably one of the other good things about living in Vermont. So Thanks for the answer. Well, here in Northwest Arkansas, we do have a few restaurants and I'll tell you guys about them. Uh, First, there is the Acropolis, which is probably the restaurant that's been around the longest in this area. And it offers Greek and Mediterranean. I love this restaurant, but I have to be careful about who I take to this restaurant because it is owned by a Greek family and they are very much in the Greek eating mindset which means meals take a long time. The service is really slow by Western standards. And that's because the mentality is that eating is an event. It's not just eating to be eating. The Greek mentality is more that eating is a time to be with your dinner companions. And to savor that time with them as you are savoring the food. So I really enjoy that because I enjoy good food and I enjoy good company while I'm eating my good food. So I really like the Acropolis. Um, Another restaurant that we have, which is um, a fairly new restaurant, it's only been open for a year or so, is Amelia's Mediterranean Kitchen that offers Armenian and Greek food. And it's a more upscale gourmet selection With a more western food service style. So I think unfortunately a lot of people are actually more comfortable eating at Amelia's. Because it's a little more familiar to them. As far as what they expect in a dining experience. Um, Both of these restaurants have had dancers on occasions. But neither of them have dancers on a regular basis. And um. We also have some more um, fast food, like Euros type places, and I can't remember the names of them. And we have a number of Thai and Indian restaurants. And I think the reason why we have all these, this is not your normal selection of restaurants that you get across the state of Arkansas. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that this is a college town with a large international student demographic. Uh, We have the Fulbright College here, and of course Senator Fulbright was known for his international studies and international diplomacy. So there are a lot of scholarships coming out of this university to international students. So that kind of makes me lucky in a way. And I'm really glad because there is some good food in this town, people, let me tell you. (laughs) Now your ShimmyCast news. July 23rd through the 30th, Stella Mara will be continuing their tour around Crete and Athens, Greece. July 28th, the Gypsy Fire Belly Dancers will be performing at the Rivers Edge Cafe in Tulsa, Oklahoma. July 28th through the 29th, Gusto in the Gallery sponsored by the Western New York Belly Dance Association would be taking place at the Albright-Knox Art Gallery. Neon, Tanya, and Nedra will all be teaching workshops that Saturday, and there will be a Hofla that Saturday night. And these are all open to the public. July 28th through the 30th, the Middle Eastern Dance Artists of Louisiana will be having workshops and shows. This is being called a celebration of survival and will be held in Lafayette, Louisiana. July 28th through the 30th, Sufi Music Festival in London, England. July 29th, Sonia of the Belly dance Superstars will be having a workshop and auditions in Honolulu, Hawaii. July 29th, special summer classes by Nadia. Belly Dance Basics for Mother and Daughter, ages 3 to 9. Belly Dance Basics for Mother, Daughter, or Friend, Friend, ages 10 to adult. And a Double Veil Class, Anya, Idaho. I'm butchering these town names. I'm sorry, guys. July 29th, Tribal Belly Dance Workshop and Show in New Albany, Indiana. And now I've got myself tickled. July 29th through 30th, Haseem and Serena Ramsey will be having workshops on a Hofla in Preston, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. July 29th through the 30th, the 5th Annual Belly Dance Fantasy Festival in San Lindro, California. July 29th through August 2nd, Delinia's Summer Chicago Workshops, the work- Workshops will use traditional music and cover combinations and a short choreography with symbols. This will be in Chicago, Illinois. July 30th, Jillian and Asim will be having a workshop in San Diego, California. August 5th, Petite Jamila of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in New York City, New York. August 5th, Sonia of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in Chicago, Illinois. August 5th, Newman L.R. will be having a drum master class in Middleton Square. I think that's in England. I forgot to write the country down. Sorry, guys. If it's not in England, feel free to correct me. August 5th through 6th, Ojami will be performing in Nottingham, Riverside, England. August 5th through the 11th, the Kashba Dance Experience is offering a summer week-long workshop in New York City, New York. August 6th, Sonia and Asim of the Belly Dance Superstars will be having a workshop in North Hollywood, California. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our website. This week's review is of the book Greek Cooking for Everyone by Theoni Pappas and Elvira Munro and it is reviewed by Anala Rabari. This cookbook begins with a short chapter on what it means to have the Greek touch in your kitchen by covering the staples of Greek cooking, such as having a bowl of yogurt, a platter of cheese, wedges of lemon, and Greek olives, always included at the table. It also covers the staples of a Greek spice rack, pantry, wines, and coffees. The book then proceeds to lay out 22 full meal menus. It breaks these down into meat, fish, poultry, and vegetable meals, and each menu has about five dishes. Some are easy and probably more familiar to you, such as roast chicken and potatoes with a spinach and feta salad, while others, like fried squid or fish head soup, might be more, shall we say, challenging for most chefs. The cookbook concludes with chapters on breads, desserts, and a chapter on delicacies commonly found at food stands in Greece, such as roasted chestnuts or spinach pies. I feel like this is an excellent cookbook with a great variety of recipes to both excite the palate and whet the appetite for Greek foods. The fact that they lay out meal menus is wonderful to me, as I often find myself floundering when it comes to figuring out what side dishes will complement a main dish for many of my meals. They also do a wonderful job of including both the Greek and English names of dishes and giving the reader glimpses into Greek life. It includes beautiful photos of Greece, however they are all in black and white. I only have two small critiques of this book. One is that it doesn't include photos of the food itself. The other is that it's not a lay-flat binding, which I love in the kitchen when I'm cooking. Of course, these small flaws can be overlooked and completely forgotten after you taste some of these delicious recipes. So go pick it up and start your ovens. we have our first song selection of the week. This song is India Electronic from the album "Apaya" by The Headroom Project. <laughs> for emails and feedback Arabella from Vermont sent me an email and she says Hi Anala, wanted to give you a shout out and say I really enjoyed your episode 10 nice to hear your hubby and I so totally agree with your review of the Belly Dance Superstars Paris show DVD and I agree with what you said about tips you're doing a great job keep it up, shimmies and sparkles Arabella and thank you for that email And next, we have um, Parvish from Buffalo, New York, who says, Hi there. Just wanted to drop you a line to tell you that you have a faithful podcast listener here in Buffalo, New York. I just loved the article about everything you need to know about swords. That was fantastic. I want more. I want more. Keep on keeping on. Belly Dancers with iPods Unite. And then she sent me um, a second email after she listened to episode 10. Love cast number 10, especially the segment about tip-tucking. It was excellent. I can't get enough. And I was inspired to finally get moving on Buffalo Belly Cast once and for all. Thank you so much. You rock. R A K Rock. Paravish. So it sounds like we may be getting another belly dance oriented podcast down on the internet soon and that's going to be awesome. I love it. I love that we're all starting to talk to each other on the podcasts and everything. Really getting this part of the belly dance community going. I love it. I wish you a lot of luck with that Paravish and she also sent me info for an event that her troupe is helping schedule which I already announced in the news section. And then she sent me a really detailed event schedule that I'll be posting on the board in the events section, so y'all can see that as well. And I'll remind everyone that it's that easy to get your event on the show. Just email or post on the message board, and I'll read it. No problem whatsoever. And remember, you can send us feedback at cast at gmail.com. On our forum at shimmycast.blogspot.com, or send us an audio. You can just go to the website, and there's a little cute graphic there to send us an audio, and you know other listeners will actually hear your voice, hear you answer in your own voice. And feel free to vote for us on Podcast Alley or Podcast Pickle, and leave reviews on iTunes. And don't forget the wrapper Map on the website. Okay, guys. So, next is our article, How to Host a Hafla by Anala Rabari. The Hans Ware Dictionary of Modern Written Arabic has the following meaning for the word Hafla Assembly, gathering, meeting, congregation, party, social or public event, show, performance, such as theater or cinema, concert, festivity, ceremony, festival. Festive event, celebration. Note that the correct plural pronunciation is hoflate, but for the purposes of this article, I'll stick with the Americanized version hoflas. It's interesting that most dancers insist that hoflas are dance parties. However, they do not have to be. So don't be intimidated with the idea that you are throwing a dance party. In actuality, the literal definition gives you a lot of wiggle room, or should I say shimmy room, as to what type of event you make this. In other words, feel free to go as big or as small as you want. That is, as long as your budget will support it. Where should you start your planning? I would suggest that you first decide what size your Hofla will be. The size will determine a lot of things for you, from location to activities. You can have a Hofla for just the members of your troop or class, or you can open it up to the public. No matter what size you finally decide on, I would also like to suggest that you ask a few friends to help with the planning. Things go much easier and are less stressful when you can delegate tasks to take care of and share the to-do list. Location. If you are having a small Hofla, you can probably get away with having it at someone's house or in their yard. If you are going for a bigger event, you might be able to find free or low-cost space at your dance studio, depending on if you rent it or you own it community centers such as the YMCA or church fellowship halls. More costly places might be renting spaces in restaurants, banquet halls, bars and pubs, or hotel conference areas. When picking out a location, pay special attention to the floor. Make sure you have a clean dance surface that's not too hard, if you're going to be dancing. Also, pay attention to the physical location of the venue. Consider the roadways to the venue, public transportation, and parking access. When renting space, be sure to read over a- rental agreements carefully. Make sure you fully understand what services are and are not included, such as setup, cleanup, tableware supplies, decorations, staff, and if you are required to use their food services. Sometimes you can get a discount with the more services you get from one place. So think about that too. Finally, consider the ambiance of the location. Taking some time to look at the little details can really make a difference. When working on ambiance, think about all five senses. Smell. You might want to burn some incense. However, be considerate of those attendees that might have allergies or problems breathing if the incense is too pungent or heavy. Also keep in mind that incense can be a fire hazard, and they should always be kept away from costumes and kept in stable positions. If you're renting a place, ask them about fire codes and if it's okay to burn incense. Site. As a treat for the eyes, think about mood lighting with oil lamps, candles, or low-watt bulb lamps. Help create the visual image of a desert oasis or Middle Eastern abode by using potted plants, oriental lamps, or clay pots. Create intimate conversation spaces by using small tables or large trays on stands. Ultimately, let yourself be inspired by the architecture of the Middle East, Greece, Turkey, India, and other countries. Touch. Think about luxurious textiles that will appeal to both the eyes and touch. You can use wall hangings, oversized pillows, throws, or oriental rugs. To save the budget, try looking for these items at thrift stores, secondhand shops, flea markets, yard sales, or simply borrow them from a friend. Also remember to consider the temperature of the place. If you are holding your hoflet in a small space or expecting a large crowd, try to keep the room on the cool side so that it will be comfortable for everyone. Hearing. Have music quietly playing when people arrive and between any major occurrences in your event, such as games or performance dancing. Make sure it isn't too loud so people can still have conversation and ask someone in advance to help with the music all night. Publicity. If you're planning a small event, you can probably just get away with verbal invitations, either face-to-face or by phone. If your Hoffler is going to be open to the public at large, you need to advertise well in advance. You will want to think about printed invitations, flyers, and web notices. Be sure to put all the important information on these printed materials. Be sure to put both the starting time and finishing time, as people have different ideas about how long this type of event should last, and you don't want to end up with an all-nighter on your hands when you've just wanted a few hours. Other information to include, might be dress expectations, are you going casual or formal, if there are any limits such as no smoking, no drinking, or adults only perhaps. If you want people to bring food, this should also be in your publicity, and don't forget a map or written directions to the location. On the invitations, think about recommending some appropriate cookbooks that your guests can use for inspiration if you ask them to bring food. Also, remember that for printed materials, you want to stick with the font type that is easily read. Studies have shown that light colored paper with dark print is the easiest to read, such as white paper with black ink. However, don't be afraid to look at other options. A nice light blue or green with black ink is just as easily read, but a little funner. Food. For food, you really only have two options. Have it catered, or have a potluck. Of course, if you are renting a place, food might be included. Don't be afraid to ask the caterers if they can serve dishes that are more Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, Greek, or some other kind of exotic dishes. And discuss with the caterers if you should have a set menu or an a la carte option. Decide if your food will be a sit-down served dinner or if you are having a buffet. If you're having a buffet, you also need to decide if it will be a self-serve buffet or if you will have wait staff to help there. If you've decided to have a potluck, consider supplying your guests with suggested recipes or cookbooks well before the Hofla. Also, it is a good idea for you as the host to at least provide the drinks. I would suggest plenty of water, soft drinks, and some juices. You might consider not including alcohol as a beverage since it dehydrates people, especially if you're going to be having dancing. Be considerate of those who have dietary restrictions. Ask that food be labeled with its name and common ingredients that people might have problems with, such as alcohol, pork, sugar, or sugar-free, or sugar substitutes. Try to make sure that there are also some vegetarian dishes. This is an opportunity to have fun, too, especially if people aren't used to eating this type of exotic food, Mediterranean and things like that. It, it's a bit of an education to label the food with the ingredients and things. Another nice touch is to have a supply of warm rose water and towels for guests to freshen their hands before the meal. Then, after the meal, supply warm lemon water, which helps remove grease, and fresh towels. During your meal, remember it's okay to eat with your fingers. However, Try to not use your left hand, as it's considered very rude and unsanitary in many countries because of long-held hygiene beliefs. And again, this is just another way to make your party a little more traditional and ethnically correct. Music and sound. For music, you can use either recorded music or live music or a combination. For live music, see if there's a local drumming circle that you can hire or that would be willing to donate its services. You can also hope that dancers are musicians and will be willing to play. However, you shouldn't count on it, though, so you should only be thinking of this as a supplemental to your other planned out and organized music. Whatever route you decide to take with your music, you want to be sure to have it organized. Get a variety of dance music. Be sure to have a good mix of pop songs, drum solos, folkloric, tribal style, traditional, modern, classical, electronic, and so on and so forth. Also, have a good mix of tempos. That way people can slow it down for a breather every once in a while, or rev the party back up. As far as the sound system goes, again, it all depends on the size of your party. If you're having a small party at your house, then your home stereo system or a portable CD player will probably be fine. However, if you're having a big public Hofla in a rented hall, you're going to need something with a little more power. Of course, some rental venues already have a sound system, so you just need to find out if they will supply you with someone to work the equipment. If not, ask them to show you how it works well before the event and you learn it and practice on it. And then talk to a friend who is helping you with the event about either being your DJ for the night or at least helping you with the music for the night. Do not dump this job on a guest as they come in the door for the Hofla. After all, they've come with the expectation of partying and not being tied to the sound system all night. The one thing about sound systems is to get one that is powerful enough. Make sure that your CD player has an anti-skip feature and that it is placed on a stable surface that will not be bounced by the movement of a lot of dancers. Also, the quality of the sound can only be as good as the quality of the tape or CD, so get the best quality of music you can. Entertainment. There are a number of things that you can do for entertainment besides just dancing. You can have contests that attendees vote on, such as best costume, best drum solo, or best prop work. You might also consider more offbeat awards, like most unusual prop, most injured dancer, or best able to chew gum, shimmy, and play zills at the same time. Prizes can be obtained in a number of ways. You can bear the entire burden of prizes as the host, or you can ask attendees for help. They can either donate money towards you buying the prizes, or you can ask them to bring a prize. However, you should be considerate of your guests and think about their financial status. Keep the cost of prizes appropriate, and if guests are bringing the prizes, put a price limit on them. Prizes can include a new tape or CD of music, inexpensive candles or holders, or henna and bindis. They don't have to be anything lavish. If you are having a large public event, you can see if you can get larger door prizes donated by local businesses, such as massage certificates, photo sessions, seamstress work, or get a fellow dance teacher to donate some free classes. For more intimate troop hoflas, Consider giving a troop photo CD or a video of troop performances as a party favor. Other entertainment you might want to consider is listening to music, fortune telling, someone doing henna, a swap meet, trivia quizzes with prizes, or a make and take craft such as jewelry, sun catchers, or home decor items. Of course, these should all have a Middle Eastern theme to keep in theme with the party itself. Dancing. If you decide to have dancing at your Hofla, your first rule should be that no one is forced to perform. There are a couple of ways that you can go about having dancing. You can go informal and just have an open floor with everyone dancing all the time. Think of it like nightclubs. Another informal way is to just have people sign up to perform as they arrive at the door and make it more of a show. Or you can go with a really formal event and have dancers sign up a few weeks in advance, and you can set a dance order. No matter what way you choose to have the dancing, be sure to plan breaks to allow people to rest, stretch their legs, and get refreshments. Although this is more important if you're going to be having more performance-like solos, so your audience doesn't get burned out. Make sure that any soloists or special dancers know of any time limits. Five minutes is about a good time limit for a single performance or solo. And see that they stick to them. You don't want a stage hog on your hands ask the dancers to bring their music in whatever medium is best for you and the sound system you're using. If you need a CD and they only have a tape, ask them to supply the player and make sure that it is the only song on the tape as it is not easy to find a particular song by fast-forwarding and rewinding on cassette players. If you go formal, Plan the dance order in advance and let the performers know what it will be. Also, ask the dancers to let you know when they sign up in advance what song they are dancing to. This will help you to not have a lot of performances to the same song as you can explain to the next dancer that someone is already performing to that song. Try very hard to keep last minute changes to a minimum as this will help things run smoothly. You might also suggest the dancers have a backup song and CD in case something should go wrong, such as your sound system won't play the CD they brought. Also, with a more formal dance, it would be considerate of you to provide a VIP area for performers and their companions. This will give them a safe place to leave their belongings when they are in the, quote, backstage area, getting ready. And it will keep your little made-up backstage area clean and easy to walk through. Another consideration is for your audience. Think about getting programs printed so your audience can follow along. And be sure to note any intermissions or breaks so the audience will know if they can finish watching someone perform before they desperately have to run for the restroom. Also, as hosts, you should act as an emcee, introducing the performers and giving a little background about them and their music choice. If you're going to have a mix of open floor and planned performances, try to remember to be considerate of everyone's level of skill. You do not want a beginning dancer leaving a hofla feeling that she or he is inadequate. We all know that's not the point of a hofla. Remember that often students might like to show off what they have learned at the end of a class session, and they should be encouraged to do so in a supportive environment. Finally, no one should ever be interrupted while they are dancing. If you are having an open floor dance and you want a performance piece, wait until the end of the open dance song is finished. Both the people on the dance floor and the dancer who is about to perform deserve respect. A performer should always be given a proper introduction to an audience and given appreciation after they are finished. And an audience should always be given notice of a performance so that they don't miss any of this special treat you have planned for them. Shutting it down. The night is coming to an end and you are ready to get these people out and on their way home. But how do you get them to stop partying? Announce the last dance. Once it's over, turn off the sound system and announce that it's the end of the evening. Next, unplug the sound system so no one can start the music up again. Thank people for coming and then start tidying up. Talk with some friends beforehand about helping to clean up so it goes faster. Find out if this service is included in any rental agreements you have. If not, you might want to consider disposable tableware because it's just faster and easier to clean up. Also, by making sure that you have plenty of trash cans and that they are emptied in a timely manner throughout the night, it will help encourage guests to clean up after themselves along the course of the evening, saving you the hassle at the end of the night. Remember that some rental venues offer reduced prices for the time you take to set-up and clean-up, so take advantage of this. While cleaning up, there is the inevitable coming across something that someone has accidentally left behind, such as plates, cutlery, dishes, or items of clothing. Consider posting a lost and found list in your dance studio or class space, or you can make a lost and found web page on your website. Perhaps put a deadline for claiming items and state that if they are not claimed in so many days, they will be donated to a local charity. That way, you don't have to be stuck with these items forever. And finally, be prepared for the inevitable person to come up and say, that was so much fun. When are you planning the next one? enjoyed that article on hosting a hofla and I will be adding a recipe section to the website to help if uh, you have to make a dish for a hofla and others can post recipes there too. It'll be really fun to start sharing recipes with you all. And that leads me to next week's question. What is your favorite dish to take to a hofla? I've made myself hungry talking about food all this time and I want to know what you guys take to hofla's. To answer, you can send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com or you can go to our forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. Finally, it's time for the last music pick of the week. This week's song is "Aios Vasilius." That could be wrong. and probably is. But it's from the album Winter Songs by Kitka And I hope you all enjoy it. And until next week, this is Anala Ribari saying shimmy on.
1: ho i hate you se meto cari Christmas cariofilm Ecclesia Ecclesia Messiah of Ronos Christos I have kept never. But he see Can mas this I fussy
0: again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and form at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.